What's going on, everybody? And welcome to the other side of the Firewall Podcast, where we talk about the latest and greatest in cybersecurity news, as well as we highlight those movers and shakers and glass ceiling breakers, those people of color who've made it to the other side of the proverbial firewall. My name is Ryan Williams, and as always, I'm joined by Shan Tynes. What's up? What's up? And LeVon Maynard. Welcome to the show. What is going on? Welcome to Wednesday's discussion. So if you're tuning in, uh, definitely hit up Monday and Tuesday, where we uh, we discussed um, how you cannot stop all cyber attacks, but you can minimize damage. And then on uh, Tuesday, we talked about a 157-year-old uh, university having it shut down because of uh, COVID mixed in with a, a, ransomware, a ransomware attack um, and how tragic that is. Um, and then uh, Friday, we'll talk about everything else. So if you tune into Friday's episode, we talk about movies, books, TV shows, all that good stuff. So and everything but cyber, right? Unless you're studying for some which I should be, but I digress. Um, <laughs> this episode, um, it would deal about um, uh, just mental health. So we, we talk about this quite frequently, actually. Uh, there's different reports and surveys that come out. Um, this one is from uh, infosecuritymagazine.com. Um, it's titled hashtag mental health awareness week, supporting cyber workers, mental health more crucial than ever. Uh, it came out on the 14th, which is uh, yesterday for me, probably today for you guys. And um, it's written by James uh, Coker. So in it, um, they discuss how they, um, or one of the examples was a uh, CII sex 2020-2021 say in the profession report um, that found that over a half or 51% of cybersecurity professionals are kept up at night by stress of the job and work challenges. And as we discussed uh, pretty much every week, right? Because we're a cybersecurity podcast. Um, this job, does it's, it, it does not stop, right? So not to scare people off from it, but, uh, and when we talked about um, the university, every 11 seconds, there's a, uh, a reported cyber attack, right? So that's ransomware, that's um, uh, uh, DDoS attacks, that's, you name it, right? Where people exfiltrating data, people uh, defacing websites, um, they, anything you can think of is being done on a daily reoccurring basis. And then you have uh, professionals um, who are here to, uh, you know, clean up the mess, minimize the damage, all that good stuff. But there's just not enough of us in the field uh, they talk about the uh, ongoing cyber skills gap, which depending on where you're at within that cycle can be frustrating, right? Like if you're on the hiring side, you're looking for people with experience, who have certifications, uh, education, things of that nature, that pipeline is still being um, uh, filled uh, with people because there's just simply more vacancies than there are people to fill those uh, positions. But on top of it, if you're on the opposite end of it, if you're the person trying to break into the entry-level job, uh, you're seeing that companies want you to have three to five years of experience. They want you to have all these upper-level certs. Like there's a huge gap between what people have and what companies believe or perceive that they need uh, that's fueling this, right? So you see a meme all the time where it shows the CEO, uh, like it has different uh, resting positions in bed. You have like the CEO, um, the, the, um, the, the CTO, like they look like their sleep is disturbed. And then you have a vacant bed, which is the, uh, the CIO or the, um, the uh, uh, CISO, where they, they, cause they're up, right? There's no sleep for the weary. Like they're always doing something, working something. Um, there's always a problem, so to speak, or an issue that has to be uh, contained, a fire that has to be put out. 
yada, yada, yada. Again, not trying to scare people from jumping in the profession. We need people to come in here. <laughs> we, need, we need firefighters, right? Like everybody else is running out of this building. We need y'all to run in. Um, but with that comes a lot of stress because of um, the, uh, the uh, gap between people getting in, people actually working, and people getting out. Because we talked about it. Uh, uh, it may have been last week or the week before where they showed a, a, a huge amount of women are leaving cybersecurity uh, at the age of 30. That's like the average age where they, they, they come in um, uh, to the profession, uh, they get their skills up, they meet a lot of frustration, microaggressions uh, and um, misogyny, and then they leave. They go find a different profession and like, it's not worth it. And then that's uh, you know a huge uh, brain dump where we're just losing all of this talent. We're losing all of this uh, information. Then we talk about the challenges of getting people of color into the uh, the field where we see these uh, huge disparities where uh, cyber is only like 9% uh, people of color. Uh, and then the people at the top, those people in those uh, C-suite positions only make up like three to 4%. So we have these, these big disparities. And uh, because of that, you see these ramifications where um, you just see people are just not happy. Um, and then, and that that's also blows your mind because you see like you we see that it's advertised that cyber is paying very well, right? We need people, we need people, we need this money. Uh, it's, it's raining money over here, and if you're still not happy, that definitely shows that there is a, uh, a huge disparity between what's necessary and what people are willing to take. Because um, if I can't even just give you money. <laughs> to stay in the profession, then there, we have a problem. But I, I, I give out to you guys. Like, what do you think about this? Yeah, I was going to say. I think you. I mean, you covered it very well. I know we talked about this a little bit before um, on a different on a different show. But just like you described, it's kind of like uh, uh, I think cybersecurity individuals sometimes are like the maybe like the unsung heroes, so to speak. They kind of get they do the job. They do the stuff in the background. Maybe protect a lot of stuff. You don't realize. Uh, only time you really like really pay attention to cybersecurity individuals when something breaks something's like really something gets hacked and you and then you're starting to point the finger at like who 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 messed up where did where, how come we didn't uh see this coming or how come we didn't respond quick enough but uh you know cybersecurity individuals are doing a lot of things in the background updating patching patching and um securing uh, uh their different you know different areas of uh responsibility so it's like uh, it's only when something, like I said, only, only when something goes goes wrong, do you really take note. And I, I think I was thinking about it as you were talking as well, Ryan. That maybe you can kind of compare it to maybe like a superhero that like like saves the day, but then like then you have people in the background that are like that get hurt in a situation where the superhero should have been there, and then they kind of like, where was the superhero when I needed them? And it's kind of like that situation with the cybersecurity, where like you uh, you start starting to start blaming the cybersecurity individuals when st stuff starts uh, getting hacked even though they're doing all this other stuff in the background that's like protecting all these other people, uh, all these other devices that you don't really hear about. But um, yeah, it's just something that, that I don't know, it's, it's, a, it's a stressful position. I'm not a dedicated cyber individual, but I can, I can relate, or I can understand how that would feel uh, being in that position and having a lot of weight on your shoulder, on your shoulders. And if, especially if like, uh, you know, maybe you don't have like the workforce behind you to support you. You don't have a lot of, uh, a lot of teammates that are maybe uh, qualified or not, maybe don't just have a bunch of empty roles in your, in your, um, in your job that are unfilled uh, and you're kind of working overtime just try to, to try to manage what you're, what you're uh, dealt with and what you have uh, in front of you. So it's uh, it can be a stressful job I can imagine. And 
you know, I think it takes a special individual that's really like kind of gung ho about that. It really wants to, it's almost like, I don't know, maybe, maybe you might compare it to like a mindset of somebody that's like, uh, uh, you know, even like a security guard or like a, a police officer or something like that, that you really like, you know, you're proud to like defend, you know, uh, uh, you know, defend against evil do doers or whatever you want to call it. I don't know. But, uh, uh, it takes, I think, take, takes a special, uh, special person to, to kind of fill that role. But I'll turn it over to you, Shannon. What do you, what do you think about this one? Well, Spider-Man says everybody gets one, right? That's how <laughs> it works. But uh, <laughs> so, so Ryan, something that you, something that you hit on, right? Like with the women, the, the article we had before um, that we went over, I think it was two weeks ago about the women that were leaving at age thirty. That was something right. that was actually brought up in the CISEC report. Not that they were leaving, but that eighty-one percent of the respondents were male. You know what I mean? So like that really is telling you know what i mean that you have such a such a high uh uh, uh disparity you know what i mean between the sexes right. you know it's that's very interesting but yeah it does kind of go hand in hand with what we we're talking about before um but yeah this is this is a little odd to me so like um one of the things they found in that sizek study right was uh 47% of respondents work 41 plus hours a week with some working up to 90. So this is what this makes me think, right? Um, and this is something that I brought up before is whether or not, I, we know cybersecurity positions are in demand out there, right? Like it's something like 500,000 needed in the next five years or whatever it is. It's like a crazy high number, but are people, are people just saying that, are they thinking that their departments are full? You know what I mean? Like if you have people that are working that much, I mean, we know the attacks are happening, right? So you can't sit there and say, okay, we, we can make this happen with three people or whatever, right? right. right. Then right. you got three people that are all responding whenever there's an incident, right? Because I think to myself, I'm like, well, if someone has to wake up in the middle of the night to take care of something, or if their whole department does, your department's just not large enough, right? Like you should right. have some type of rotating schedule of, okay, you're on call for this time, you're on call for this time, and everybody knows when it is, right? Yeah. So maybe people can sleep a little bit easier. Now, I'm not saying that can always be the case, but. Right. I think that goes back to something that Mike said at the, um, when we had him on the show. Um, was that last week or the week before? Yeah. Time, time is a flat circle. Um, but what he, what he was uh, stating was he, he's not even getting the, the candidates. They're not making it through the, uh, through, through the, uh, uh, ATS system, like the automated, I forget what, is, what it stands for off the top of my head, but like they can't, they can't even get past a robot to get to a human being to then be um, interviewed and potentially um, uh, brought into the uh, department. So departments are like bleeding people, but they're not getting people in, which is, which is crazy. And also what you're talking about with the experience, right? Like every job wants experience. If every job wants experience, how does anybody start out, right? we can't yeah. all have three to five yeah, you, you gotta have 20 years of experience before you <laughs> even <laughs> graduate college like what yeah and and you just have you just have to hope you just have to hope the companies are being flexible and stuff like that right like you have to be a little bit flexible in your job wrecks because some of them out there are a little ridiculous but um i could see the mental health being an issue if it's just constantly if you have a small department that's always constantly dealing with these types of things right because we mentioned in one of our previous stories every 11 seconds there's a cyber attack right we're not saying successful but every 11 seconds you got one right and like you like you said ryan there's a lot of 11 seconds in the day right <laughs> so right exactly I mean, this is one of those things where yeah you are burning them out you're wearing them out and they're they're going to do other things right like um i know you have brought up instances where people are are coming from other career fields right and trying to be here like you got lawyers that are trying to come and yeah and, 
IT or do cybersecurity, but the people that are here that have been doing it for a while, they're just like, man, 90, 90 hours a week. Like I can't, I can't see, I can't see doing 90 hours. Like even, even when you're deployed, you might get like one day off, right? Like you're working 12s for six days a week. That still doesn't equal 90. You know what I'm saying? Depreciated return, uh, you know, like people just don't have it in them to, to work that, that type of schedule. Yeah. It's ridiculous, um, but it, I, it's 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 such a cause and effect thing. Like you can't you can't say I need people, and then uh, also say I don't have time to train them. I don't have time to get them up to the skill level, what have you. And I get it. Like it, it's it's hired at those uh, more tactical levels, right? Like you you have to do your job and train somebody else how to do their job as well. But uh, the, the investment has to be made, or else you just never get people. Like you're not going to find. If, if you don't want to train people, your your peer at a different organization probably feels the same way that you do. So they're not going to come from a different organization. I can be able to poach them from somebody because everybody is on the same mindset. Like, I don't feel like training these people up. Um, and people want to get in because they, again, they they uh, they want to do something different. They're excited. They're energized. Like, those are the people you want on the team, but then they're you're, you're uh, gatekeeping. Like, like, but I don't want you. <laughs> no, I mean, I want, I want him or her with the three years of experience. Like, that's not the way it works. Unfortunately, like, uh, they're, they're going to have to start being way more flexible with their requirements uh, in order to, to pull in enough people to then, you know, get them spun up and get them uh, where they need to be. And COVID, COVID hurt it a little bit too, right? So like people weren't going out to classes as much, right? Like they yeah. were getting canceled, you know? So mm-hmm. like there is training and and some of the training can be OJT, right? Like it could be on the job training, but if like there's a new technology or if there's some system or something you need to, you need to know, sending them out was a little bit harder these last two years, you know what I mean? Whether it was canceled or it was a matter of the people, some people can't learn just sitting at home doing a virtual learning session. They gotta be somewhere. Yeah, hands on. Yeah, more hands-on. So that's just how it is. So that hurt a little bit too. So hopefully with us, you know, coming out of the worst part, which seems to be the worst part of COVID, like that'll all change, right? Like classes uh, starting back up again, maybe yeah. in person, you know, so that could help some. Yeah, you can even onboard these people to do more remedial tasks. Like I hate to call it remedial tasks because it's such a disparaging term. Less However, experience, say less experienced. <laughs> yeah, to, to get a foot, to get in the foot door. Because like, what would it log4j or log4j, however you want to pronounce it, show us? Like, we don't even, we don't even know what is on our assets, and we don't even know what assets we have in the organization. So like, they're scrambling, uh, building Excel sheets. Like, oh, am I vulnerable here? Like, oh, what does this device do? Like, why do we need this device? What what OS is this device on? That could have been somebody's job this whole time, right? So now we're taking you a very experienced person on the team and having to pull you down to do something that requires a little less experience in order to do an audit to see if we're have, you know, how, what does our attack service look like? This could have been Smitty's job. You know what I mean? Like this could be them working their way up the, the, the rung. So I, I don't know. Like it's, it's, there's a balancing act that needs to be done. Um, I'm not in a position uh, uh, to, to make those type of calls and what have you, but um, you can see it from the outside looking in. Like you're like, but you said you need people. <laughs> you're like, but yeah, but I need experienced people. Like, well, I don't know. where are you getting this experience from? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, this person could have been that savior in the uh, the asset management uh, office that was like, no, nah, I have a list. I know exactly what we have, what OSs we're on, and where we're where we're uh, vulnerable at. And that's a learning experience for not only them but uh, higher ups in the uh, organization as well. Like, oh man, like 
so glad we had, you know, Jim or Jane or whomever uh, to here to collect that data for us. Like now they can move up and they can, you know what I mean? But we'll see. Like the the uh, the, the government is doing their best to uh, to get more people in. Uh, you have um, the the top three organizations. They're they're building pipelines. Uh, they're putting campuses on uh, uh, in areas where people of color are mainly going to school. Like the, the pipeline is going to be uh, is going to be full. We're just uh, it's it's there's a, there's a squeeze right now. So I think until given another three to five years, like which sucks because that fifty one percent is going to be seventy five percent by then. But then you're going to get people. <laughs> you know what I mean? They're going to be you have more people than you can handle with uh, uh, more experience than uh, uh, we're used to. So it, it, there is a, a silver lining, like, uh, but that, that, that weight is gonna be rough. So I'm just gonna put that out there. But uh, with that being said, I'll go ahead and, uh, and land this plane. It's always a, a great discussion. Uh, hopefully, um, if this is the first episode you listen to this week, go back and listen to Monday and Tuesday. Uh, some, some really good topics and then go ahead and listen to Friday where we talk about uh, all the other things right it's how we decompress um, so we're not in the 51 percent of people who are super stressed out right but uh definitely hit up all of our social medias they all go by our name I now post on TikTok so be on the lookout for that as well um, and hit me up personally I'm at RyRy Security Guy that's R-Y-R-Y Security Guy I am on Clubhouse LinkedIn TikTok and Twitter and you Levon you hit me up on the Twitters at Levon Maynard there it is. Stay safe, stay secure. Take care.